Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and the numbers are continuing to roll in. And uh, this continues to be the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Thank you for making that. So yesterday's podcast within a couple, I didn't, I didn't tell you this. No. Yesterday's podcast within a couple hours of being released had close to like 30,000 downloads and wow. listens. And that's, you know, that's not so unusual for a show that's been up for maybe a week, but to hit it, have it hit like that in the first day tells me that podcast alone is probably going to be downloaded like it probably at least 60, 70,000 times with listens. It's pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That tells me that our message is um, on target with what you guys need to hear in this changing uh, market because it is, be- it is becoming more challenging for a variety of reasons. But I want to really clear the air on some uh, some things and I want, and then we'll get back to our topic and I won't you know burn up too much time doing this. You have got listeners to stop absorbing negative crap from people that don't know what the hell they're talking about because right? I mean, well, but I absolutely 1000% agree. I am so unbelievably sick of having to deprogram people at, because they have essentially invested too much time reading doom and gloom, not just about real estate, but in life in general. You have to accept the fact that the reason that headlines go negative is because they know you're going to read it and you're going to click it more frequently, and then they're going to be able to sell you something that's supposedly going to alleviate your fear. Or they're going to try to manifest, get you to manifest more fear so they can even have more influence and more power over you. That is what's going on right now in life, but also it's really been going on that way for, I mean, well over a decade. And if you've grown up since, um, you know, if your formal years basically started after September 11th, you don't know that you have been growing up in a cesspool of negative news. Uh, what the media learned was that people didn't, after September 11th and certainly after the housing crash, what they learned was uh, essentially, you know, people love to click on bad news and people will continue to click on bad news and then they will then be able to sell more ads. It's really not much more complicated than that. It isn't because the world is awash with bad news and negativity. It's because all of our psyches are designed to look for bad news. And here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing like wrong with your mindset for wanting to look for bad news. It is how you're all programmed. It's how I am programmed. And let's go real quick as to why that's true. So humans have been on this planet for 5,000 years, basically, in our current forms, let's say. And during that time, it's only been maybe the past, you know, let's say 500 years, where we haven't been running around in loincloths and, you know, basically complete savages. Um, if you want to know what a savage is, any kid that's less than probably about 10. You know? <laughs> that's for sure. Or we'll, you guys can go to Instagram. We put up uh, videos of Zoe <laughs> playing on the beach. That's what we were all like maybe 500 years ago. Yeah. But um, now I'm trying to make you guys laugh, but I'm also trying to make a point here. So our brains, for more years than not, have been designed to look for things that would have been a be- that would be beneficial for us to know, so we can avoid harm to ourselves or to our loved ones, and that is in the form of bad news. So I tell this story uh, often on this pod because I think it really makes the point. Don't try to purge your brain and your work on your mindset. You don't have negative thoughts and all that stuff. All that stuff is designed just to basically keep you in this adult 
failure spiral, never ending loop of working on your mindset. And you're never going to get anywhere because here's the thing. You want to look for threat vectors. You want to look for things that are going to harm you. You want to know that. So here you are. This is the loincloth version of you, you know, a billion years ago, 5,000 years ago, let's say. And you're with your little family and you're in a pasture and you're walking up to a a forest, let's say. I'm visualizing all of this right now. Mm-hmm. Are you? Sure. Yep. I mean, I can see the weed on the grounds. I can see the loincloth. Yours is kind of sexy. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm working on all this, right? And so out from the uh, the trees walks another little family, and they also have, you know, similar families, num- same number of kids. And you're going to meet in the clearing on the path. And what you're going to do, first thing, is you're going to ask them if there's anything, any threat vectors, any problems in the path in which they just walked, and they're going to ask you for the same information. In other words, you're going to immediately go to, is there anything hiding behind that big old tree that's going to potentially harm any of us? And they're going to want the same thing. Our minds are designed to look for things that might hurt us. That is now manifested in mm-hmm. itself in these, you know, essentially these uh, mindset uh, people trying to constantly tell you that there's something faulty with the way you think. There's nothing faulty in the way you think. That's how you're designed to think. You're designed to basically look for threat vectors, things that could potentially harm you. Okay? So stop working on your mindset. Ultimately, it's your actions that replace any sort of, you know, perpetual mindset improvement. Elon Musk says it the best. Elon, how do you keep yourself motivated? He thought about the question for like, you know, 20 minutes and he gets back to the interviewer and he said, that's not a problem for me. I just do what's next. That is the key to moving forward. Do what's next. Stop thinking about why you feel the way you feel. Feelings are temporary. They'll come and they'll go. Now here's, let's loop this back to real estate. Tons and tons of headlines in emails and all these morons that are trying to get you guys to be scared. Stop tuning into that. Ignore them because what you'll do, and I have watched some of these and read some of their articles and whatnot intentionally to know what you guys are having to work your way through. Never do they actually substantiate their opinions on using facts. Never. So I'll give you guys some facts. Last year, there were about six and a half million homes that sold, according to National Association of Realtors. That does not count new construction, right? So that means at least 13 million agents got paid, or at least 13 million transactions happened. One one sale, two sides, buyer, seller side. And this hypothetically could not even count um, for sale by owners that never made it to the MLS. Realtor.com or National Association gets a, a data from the MLSs. I'm sure they pull it from other sources too. But let's just say this is the best of breed contact. That means there were at least 13 million paychecks that were issued last year. Each of those paychecks on average were probably on the top end, say $12,000. So $12,000 was paid on a, you know, the gross check amount to at least, you know, on at least 13 million uh, transactions. I want you to think about that, not including new construction. Now, guess what the projections are for home sales this year? You would guess reading the headlines, five houses will sell. Five total, and they've already sold. And they've already sold, and you're never going to buy, and you better go buy a lead or work on your branding or your mindset. <laughs> well, here, the worst scenario, worst case scenario is, worst case is there's supposed to be the same number of homes that sell this year that sold last year. And most people are expecting not only there to be an increase in the number of homes that sell, but here's a nice side benefit of inflation for all of you. The average sale price is also going to increase. So not only will there be more transactions, but the average commission per uh, per transaction is going to be higher. Those are called facts. Well, they're opinions based on facts, right? They're not just people that are trying to sell you into uh, uh, thinking that for some reason the sky is falling. Remember the story I told you guys before in this podcast where there was that great video that got created on, again, it was a sky was falling video. It was probably like two years ago. I had probably 20 of you message it to me. Tim, did you see this? It was all about real estate. 
And, you know, you this video practically had people hunting lizards in the streets. I mean, it was crazy. Really, really well done. Well, I watched the video, thought it was well done, very scary, did a great job manifesting fear. Um, and then what I did is I spent some time and I found out who basically created the video. It took me a while. And then I rooted it back to the original source. It was a company that sold prepper goods. And again, prepping is, you know, it's not a bad idea, but it's basically somebody that was selling big vats of, you know, freeze dried this and freeze dried that and candles to last through the apocalypse and all kinds of iodine pills and all the rest of it. It was a full on prepper website. And the way that this dude was trying to create interest in buying prepper stuff was making you scared as hell. That's what he was doing. That's what he was selling. I mean, it's marketing, yep. ethical or not, it was great marketing for sure. But this is what these types of things, these types of sales cycles are what a lot of you guys are succumbing to without actually knowing it. So lean into the facts. Do people all of a sudden not want to buy houses anymore? I got news for you guys. Even at the height of the housing crash, there were still people who wanted to buy houses. How do I know? Because millions of houses still sell per year. That just sold to maybe different people. Mm -hmm. You guys have got to defrag your mind from anything that's going to prevent you from moving forward in your real estate business. Otherwise, sorry for the woo-woo word, you will manifest the crappiest year in your real estate career. But if you believe it, because you're going to waste a day, waste a week, waste a month, trying to essentially, you know, basically uh, you're going to be circulating in this adult failure spiral of negativity, and then you're going to lose the spring market. And then you're going to basically say in about June or July, you're going to say, well, I guess this year was not for me. And you'll blame, you know, inflation, you'll blame Crimea, you'll blame Ukraine, you'll blame the president, you'll blame whatever the hell you're going to blame. And then you've lost an entire year. And then you've essentially, without knowing it, you've essentially created this de uh, further down, uh, further downward spiral. And now you have to get out of the real estate business. It all happens with the types of thoughts and the type of people you allow in your life to influence you. So here's a little, here's a little, um, the ultimate filter. And this is what Jules and I use, and we prescribe this to all of our coaching clients. Do not consume any negative news ever, period, full stop. Just ignore it. There is no, you know, there is no saber tooth tiger that's hiding behind the oak tree. And if just ignore all media. You, there's great podcasts you can listen to. Hopefully you consider this one. There's great other sources, but stop listening to people that want to tell you bad news. Stop consuming bad news because it is going to, there's nothing positive that will come in your life in, you know, in 2022, 2023, 2024, anytime in your life, there's nothing positive that's going to come from you consuming bad news, only negative. What it's going to cause you to do is get into inaction, complacency, because those are the byproducts of feeling fear. Does this make sense? It does, because they're being handed all of those things by tuning into the negative media, right? So it's all about inflation. It's about, I'm not even going to go through the list because I don't want to add to the exactly. problem, right? But what does that do? It causes inaction. And then to your point, you are self-fulfilling the problem. One of the things uh, that we were talking about, I had a bunch of coaching calls today, is uh, making sure that you don't say, well, there's just nothing to sell. There's nothing available. Okay. That is playing into this whole hype. Really? How can that be when there's 6 million sales last year and we're on track to have 6 million this year? I'll tell you the discussions that we're having that make this practical and tactical. When you see, because all of our listeners who are in real estate, you get into your MLS and you see something pop on the market that's on the market one day, and as soon as it's in the MLS, it is pending. This is what drives all of you guys crazy, to which I bring you full circle back to something you said yesterday. Remember the decision-making tree. Do I know somebody to list my house with? If not, am I going to get a referral from, from my trusted friend or advisor? Your job is to be the one that they know. 
So the thing that we're working on with all coaching clients and all of you listeners is you have to be the one they know. You have to expand your center of influence. You have to talk to your past clients, your centers of influence. You have to have multiple spokes in the wheel because, yes, there will be 6 million sales this year. The only question is if you are going to have some of them. But truthfully, Julie, it's not just talking to them about their dog or the weather. No, you have to talk real estate to them. Well, they have to have conversations that are – like, for example, we do not want you guys to lose your soul and come off as super pushy salespeople <laughs> no. where you're just going to slap your business card down on their forehead and say, hi, I'm Bob. Bob's Real Estate. How's it going? You know, no, we're not telling you to do that. What we're asking you to do is remember that people, every single human that you know is in real estate, not selling necessarily, but they buy a home, rent a home, going to a home, you know, whatever. They're going into a home, you know, <laughs> every single person, you know, is in the real estate uh, market for sure all the time that never ends. Even after you've passed away, you are in a situation where someone's paid for the real estate that you are now resting in. You guys get the point? Now you own land. You are now, <laughs> Julie, how's it? Julie. I'm just saying, yes, everybody, real estate is not hard to talk about, I no, think is your point. everyone's thinking about it. All the time. And in some of the most hyper markets, people are constantly talking about it. Yes. People talk about home values more than they talk about the weather anymore. It's practically the leading topic. Everywhere you go, not just for us, but everybody. It's a I leading, agree. like you're out in LA or down in Miami or New York, everyone's happy because they feel like they won the real estate lottery. Yes. Okay, so you guys, if you think that they know that you're in real estate, they don't because you didn't actually tell them. You're not actually reminding them. You're not actually talking about the real estate market because you're too worried about how they're going to perceive you. Well, I'm going, I've got news for you. If you're not getting business from your centers of influence and past clients because you're telling yourself that you don't want them to perceive you as being too pushy, you don't want them to think ill of you, you don't want them to think that you're just friends with them because you want to you know, pull real estate transactions out of them. What they're really, in other words, you don't want to be rejected. What you're going to do is you're going to manifest actual rejection when they list with somebody else because you didn't ask them for uh, if you could help them buy or sell real estate. What you lack isn't a confidence issue. What you lack is a skills issue. On the back of skills comes confidence. Don't think it's your mindset or you have to role play or you have to spend endless hours you know, thinking about it, getting ready to get started, what I'm talking about. What you have to do is just do it and then your confidence will follow. The, act, the mindset does not lead the action. The action follows the mindset. That is a real key critical difference that I hope all of you guys get. With all this, frankly, coming out of this protracted seller's market, and we're going to be in it for at least probably we think another few years, what we, there's a lot of luxury thoughts and luxury beliefs that have been allowed to manifest in the real estate business that as soon as the velocity of sales slows down, as soon as the money stops flowing as quickly, you're then going to see the lead generation stuff, the buying leads, the branding, the marketing, the TikToking, all of that stuff. You'll have to like think, like how long ago was it that I had anyone try to sell me some how to make a great TikTok video? Because they're out of business. Because they knew it didn't work in the first place. And the only reason you were doing it is because you didn't have to have, frankly, the houses sold themselves. And buyers had massive FOMO. So you didn't have to convince anyone or help anyone to understand the importance of buying real estate. They knew themselves. I mean, when Julie and I were originally selling real estate, you had to have a buyer seminar where you were explaining to them why they didn't want to be renters for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, the benefits of owning homes. Can you imagine now, listeners, you having to convince a buyer uh, the benefit of buying a home? I mean, that's it's hilarious, comical. isn't it? You yeah. don't. Now they're like, you know, they, everybody wants to own real estate. 
Isn't that incredible? So for you to think that, you know, that market's going to be like that forever, what's going to happen is if the buyers start to lose confidence, that's the first domino that starts to fall. That's when the agents that don't have the skills, that's when they basically go out of business because you're going to have to know how to say it, what to say, but most importantly, who you're going to talk to. So then you can essentially use your time the most uh, as effectively as you can. So that reels me back in. It does. Nice job. And yes, you're welcome. So today's topic is part two of massive success, massive success <laughs> in a shifting market. Um, and we're talking, of course, about communication. This is part two. Part one was yesterday. That's right. So these are some rules for my note takers and all of you guys paying attention out there. These are your rules for better presentation and communication, especially in a shifting market. This is the practical and tactical part. So point number one, and this is to be applied to your life as well as your business. Point number one, eliminate the use of the words I, me, my, or mine from your speech unless you are apologizing for something. Then use I as part of owning the situation. But in general, get rid of I, me, my, or mine from your speech. Those are ego words. Those are making it all about you. People don't want to hear all about you other than what you're going to do for them. That you is can, a fact. Hopefully you guys hear in our podcast when Julie and I are using ourselves as examples, it is a struggle for us to use any of those personal pronouns because we've beaten them out of our <laughs> normal language because we know subconsciously it's a turnoff for everyone. But where it's really a turnoff is in a sales environment, which is what you mostly are in all throughout your day. If you want to have people love you, never talk about yourself. Always ask questions about them and then listen to what they say and ask questions about what they said. That goes to the Ford script. If you're looking for a conversation outline, this goes back to the beginning of time, but this is such good sales training. Family, okay, first start talking about their family. Then start talking. And, and in coaching, we give you sample questions. Mm -hmm. Then you uh, ask them about occupation. Then you ask them, you know, recreation. And then you ask them about their dreams. 99% of the time, and all your relationships, you're never really going to get past the R. Most cases, you're never going to get past the F in talking about family. And that's great. But you're not talking about your family. You're asking about theirs. You're not talking about your occupation. You're asking about theirs. And innate into the conversation, they're going to learn that you're a real estate professional. But what they're really going to learn is you're a really caring uh, person who showed sincere interest in them. And I want you listeners to think about that. When was the last time anybody showed sincere interest in you? When was the last time you weren't talking to somebody where you could just uh, you know, intuitively feel that they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can then start talking about themselves, right? You guys get it? What if you become the person that when someone sees across a, a, you know, a, a person-fold room that they want to gravitate towards because the last time they talked to you, uh, you talked to them, you showed sincere interest in them. You know, that is something that's different. That's the secret power of communication that when you can become the person that attracts people to you, that then will change your world. And by the way, if you want to bring real estate into it, you don't have to worry about it too much because real estate comes up everywhere, but always end every conversation in the nice, simple, you know, easy thing to say, like, by the way, whom do you know who I should be helping in this market sell a home? Or do you know of anyone that I should be helping in this market buy or sell real estate? Something super simple like that. 
after you talk to them. Is anyone going to be offended by that? Are you offended by hearing that from my lips? You are not. So adopt something like that and then start letting everyone know you're in business. And if you don't and they listen with somebody else, especially in this market, it's your fault for having lived, essentially having um, believed too much that they wouldn't do business with you if you asked them for business. The exact opposite is true. If you don't ask them for business, they're not going to do business with you because they're going to assume that you weren't interested in doing business with them or you would have asked. And you're not allowed to complain about that if that happens. It's like not voting and complaining about the president. You can't both not communicate with them and then get mad if they list with somebody else. Okay, so point number two along the same lines, listen more than you speak, more than you speak. Record some of your conversations when you're doing lead follow-up or calling past clients. What percent of the time are you speaking versus the other person? Make it all about the other person every time. I see that happening a lot with agents who don't have scripts in their head because they feel like uh, lambasting the person they're talking to with a bunch of, you know, gobbledygook or, you know, it's almost like they're trying to distract the opponent somehow. Julie, look at your first two points. Julie wrote these. uh, She does 99% of our notes. Eliminate the use of I, me, my, or mine from your speech. Number two, listen to more you speak. Do you guys realize, and as I look at Julie's additional points here, do you realize how this is the antithesis? This is the exact opposite of social media. That's true. Do you guys realize that? Do you realize that social media is the absolute manifestation of ego? It's the exact opposite of what you should be doing if you want to effectively communicate. It's about you and your lunch. It's about you doing a cute little dance. It's about you talking about this. Are you talking about your superpower doing this? Are you trying to be some sort of guru? Something like that. It's not about them. It's about you. That's what social networking does. It kind of manifests the worst characteristics in humans unless they're being conscientious of it so they don't go off a cliff. Yeah, and I I really truly hate those pictures of food. Like I see those I'm like I don't honestly, no offense, but I don't really care what you're having for lunch. It's not like no. Okay. Now, see, so, I'm the exact opposite because I look at all the things that you and I aren't allowing ourselves to eat because we well, keep ourselves on a low-carb diet. Maybe that's diet. what's underlying my annoyance. You're okay. just jealous. Probably. Okay, number three, <laughs> ask good questions. That's what scripts are. And listen to the answers. Use pre-qualifying scripts. We, we did a whole podcast, Don't Go If You Don't Know. We're talking about listing presentations. And there's a quote by Roy Bennett. It goes like this, listen with curiosity, speak with honesty, act with integrity. The greatest problem with communication is we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. When we listen with curiosity, we don't listen with the intent to reply. We listen for what's behind the words. I that's, think that's great coaching, isn't but it? But isn't that funny? Exactly. Yeah. And that guy, I'm sure, wasn't even consider he didn't consider himself a salesperson, but that's great sales training right Absolutely there. Absolutely. Now, is. by the way, speaking of great sales training, if you guys are ready to join our coaching program, which all of you should be, Um, You definitely are feeling the crunches of not having um, necessarily joined before because you were maybe thinking that you could buy your business. You think you could brand your way to success. You could join a team, form a team, working on all this other stuff. And now you're experiencing the short and long-term ramifications of not having followed the Harris approach to being successful in real estate. It's not too late for you. Just text the word premier to 47372. Text the word premier to 47372. Again, text the word premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R to 47372. When you do, we're going to text you back a link and you can join premier coaching depending on what which uh, way you choose to join for around $100 a month. 
So text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. And yes, that means you can be on your coaching call, on your semi-private coaching call with your coach today, depending on what time of the day you join, because there is a daily semi-private coaching call with your coach. And when you join Premier, guys, you get everything, all of our scripts, all of our uh, you know pre-listing pack, listing presentation, every single thing you could possibly imagine that you will ever need for your real estate business. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Yes, and notice that needs to be point number four. Somehow that did that. Okay, so point number four, don't be so anxious to say the next thing. When you're jumping in to say the next thing, you can't listen to the current thing. Just like the quote we just read, you've got to listen for what's behind the words. You listen with curiosity, that way you're not listening just to reply. And say things that slow yourself down. Like say things like, that's interesting, huh? I never thought of it that way. That's, I really appreciate you saying that. And what that does is it breaks your ego's pattern of wanting to uh, essentially talk about yourself or oftentimes what people will do is they'll then pile on, somebody said one thing and then you need to say the same thing that they just said in your own way. That's all ego crap. So opposed to doing that, opposed to being an ineffective communicator, just say, you know what, Julie, I really appreciate that. I'm going to think about that point. Thanks mm -hmm. for telling me that. I'm going to write that one down. Yes. That's really great. Let them know that what you said had an impact on them or impact on you, which it probably did had you been listening and not thinking about what you wanted to say next. You know, and then you can start becoming one of this, these elevated communicators that people are all going to want to be attracted to. Yes. So remember, these are your rules for being a better communicator. Point number five, use the super secret app known as your mobile phone. Pick it up and talk into it. Do this regularly. Use your phone more than you use digital communication. If you're about to text, email, tweet, or post, call instead. It has a higher level of impact and engagement. And it also is less likely to be misconstrued. Point number, what would this be? Four, five, six. Six, have conversations, not just contacts. Yes, conversations, not just contacts. Do not contract contactitis. Contacts on their own have no value. Appointments and contracts have value. Now, this happens right about the time you start using scripts and you want to make more conversations, you're on the phone more. There's so many people that teach, well, it's all about contacts. Well, that's true. You do have to make contact. This is a uh, business that requires you to speak to people. That's what we're talking about. Well, that's life in general. And that's life in general. But what I'm talking about is when an agent will say, well, but I made 50 contacts, right? They have contactitis. They're focused on that versus having great conversations that result in actual appointments. See, I, I don't really care if you set your appointment after three calls. That's pretty awesome. You probably did a really great job, but tomorrow it might take you 30. Don't focus on, oh my gosh, I, I suck if I didn't make X number of contacts per day, unless that number is zero, and then we have something else to talk about. The reason to track contacts is uh, and track, uh, you know, track appointments is so you can track the efficiency of how good you're getting. Ratios. And so that ratios, so your coach can then basically say, well, look, you're making a lot of contacts for every this number of contacts, you should be setting this number of appointments. That's what our coaches do in the coaching program. But the real bottom line is, is once you get really good, I'll give you guys a little hint here. For every seven contacts, you're going to be able to set one listing appointment. But after you get really good, you're not even really going to track your contacts. You're just going to track the listing appointments. Yes. So your day is going to be not about how many contacts you made. Your day is going to be about, I'm going to set one pre-qualified listing appointment per day. Uh, that's it. That's my job. 
Yes, and when you are a listing agent primarily, that becomes less of an issue for you because you become a self-generation machine, as <laughs> referred to previous podcasts. Okay, five, six, seven. Okay, point number seven, be accurate. If you don't know the answer to a prospect or client's question, say this. This is a script. That's a great question, Max. I'm writing it down so I can bring you the answer this evening. What's the best number to call you on around 5 p.m.? People know when you are BSing. Don't do it. So be accurate. And, and, you know, I really do think it's an ego thing that agents think they're supposed to know everything or come up with some kind of an answer. People don't actually expect you to know everything. It's much more respectable to say, you know what, that's a great question. Let me research and get back to you. What's the best way to reach you tonight? Well, what's worse is most consumers are going to be sophisticated enough when you're bullshitting them. So yes. when you're bullshitting an answer, they're going to know you're bullshitting an answer. They might only perceive it subconsciously, but you have initially put yourself into the bucket of people that they don't feel like they can trust. If you actually set your ego aside, expose what you don't know and say, hey, guess what? You know, Mr. Seller, that's a great question. Or Mr. Buyer, that's a great question. I'm going to, you know, do, do is I'm going to research that. I'm going to find out the best answer for you. I want to make sure I don't tell you something that's not 100% accurate. By the way, Julie, I noticed in your scripts that you're writing, you're using the name Max, our name of our dog. <laughs> Have you, do you realize you're well, doing that? Well, I wanted that? to get away from Bob for a while, so I'm using Max. No, let's stay on Bob. I mean, Bob's we'll, funny. We'll, yeah. we'll revert to Bob. I think that's it's point okay. eight. Okay, point number eight is always, always, always end, end every conversation with, whom do you know that I should be calling to help them buy or sell a home? One of the brokers that I'm coaching has that script. Uh, they do a, a team meeting with you know the agents on their team every week, and they are as a group going to call, going to say that exact script 20 times so that they become more comfortable and memorize it. So for you, are worried how people are going to perceive you uh, if you all of a sudden start asking questions that are self-serving in the sense that you know you're asking for business. How can you feel that way with that script? Hey Julie, who do you know that I should be helping buy or sell real estate in this market? Hey Julie, who do you know that I who who do you know that I should be helping, you know, sell a home right now? Ask a question like that and emphasize the word helping and that's going to allow you to be able to ask for business and now allow your ego to throw up all these red flags. Oh, they're going to think ill of you. They're going to think that you're just trying to use them for your, you know, for business. They're not going to like you anymore. They're going to talk about you behind your back, all the rest of it. I got news for you guys. They know that you're, well, hopefully you're not a secret agent, right? You're not the James Bond of real estate. So hopefully they know you're in real estate. And if you don't ask them for business, what is it that they perceive about you? They perceive you're too busy, you're uh, too disorganized, or you're not liking wanting to do business with them. There's there's no positive emotions that come out of the mind of all your friends, all your centers of influence and past clients when you don't avert, avertly ask them for business. Yeah, I'm going to actually uh, speak to this and we got a couple other points. Make sure I think it's next one's point nine. Mm -hmm. um, you can tchotchke people. Uh, till the cows come home. You can drop off forget-me-not seeds and pumpkin pies and whatever other little, you know, plastic hooligans that you want to drop off on people's doors. Uh, but here's the problem. A lot of other agents are doing the same thing. So when you drop off a pumpkin pie at somebody's door, and we've told this story before, and it's because it's <laughs> hilarious. Well, let's just tell it. Agent uh, coaching call said, I was uh, with a previous coaching company who all they did was centers of influence and past clients. And every November, which is odd considering, but every November we were supposed to drop off pumpkin pies. So I dropped off a pumpkin pie and the people weren't home and I was delivering these on Saturday and it was cold out. So I left the pumpkin pie in a box with a nice little ribbon on it or whatever on the doorstep and... And they get an irate phone call the next day <laughs> because they figured it out from the, uh, the half-chewed up business card that was attached to the smeared pumpkin on the front porch because raccoons had gotten into it. 
So yeah, it doesn't always go your way when you drop off, especially food. It's and a, and no there's bueno. there's another iteration too. Same scenario, pumpkin pies. <laughs> I want to know who the hell it is. That's you know, it's Costco. That's where the agents are I told know. to get their pumpkin pies. Yeah. I mean, just think of the insanity of that, right? You see an agent with a moving truck because this happens, mm-hmm. filling it up with pumpkin pies, and all of a sudden they're in the free pumpkin pie business. I know. Well, well, let's just finish yeah. this because it's kind okay. of interesting. So agent went to the door, knock, knock, knock. Here's a pumpkin pie. Seller. At this point, annoyed because it was the third agent that particular weekend to drop off a pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pies were all sitting there in the foyer on some table, just sitting there. All these damn pumpkin pies, all from Costco, delivered by all these other agents that were all doing centers of influence and past clients. The point is, is you guys think you're the only ones dropping off those tchotchkes, you're not. But if you call, I promise you, you're the only one that's calling because everyone else is dropping off the tchotchkes. That's absolutely true. Point number nine, practice your Ford technique that Tim rolled out a couple minutes ago, F-O-R-D. That stands for Family Occupation, Recreation, and Dreams. It's not really a script. It's a memory jogger that gets you focused on the person you're talking to. So again, Ford stands for Family Occupation, Recreation, and Dreams. The coaches drill down on this a lot, the different ways of using that. But really the point of it is the ego removal. And because when you're talking about their occupation, they ask you what you do, then you have the door open to talk about real estate. It Not works great. Not for long. Right. You refocus on them. And people get stuck sometimes on the recreation thing. Yeah, that could be something as simple as, you know, did you see the latest Bond movie or something like that? Sure. Just don't overcomplicate it. One of the things the coaches do is they have our coaching clients write down several questions under each category, family questions, occupation questions, and then you go out and use it. Maybe you're getting your hair cut this afternoon. You can use Ford. Maybe you're depositing a commission check at the bank and you're actually, you know, going in so you can talk to real people. You use your Ford script when you go to the teller. You know, this is counterintuitive, but a lot of people think uh, Julie's an introvert, right? And I'm an introvert, but not as much as Julie. And you would think that an introvert is going to need, you know, family occupation, recreation, dream, conversation, outline, training more than, say, somebody who's an extrovert. That's absolutely not true. <laughs> opposite. Introverted people have a tendency to be actually better question askers if they can move themselves out of their little emotional corners and start just getting to know people. They're not going to – you're not going to drop – like when Julie and I go to a big social event, I have to remind Julie not just to get stuck with two or three people and not go out and circulate. Because she does, she sits down, then she starts having conversations, she starts fording them, and then basically, you know, she's not going out there and meeting other people. I don't have that problem necessarily. Some of you are somewhere in the middle, but here's where Ford really helps, is if you are an off-the-charts extrovert who loves talking about you, loves sharing pictures of your lunch on Instagram, loves, you know, doing anything to draw attention back to you, the Ford is really powerful for you. The, the, you know, talk, you then become somebody who is the, again, has the power of asking questions and showing sincere interest in somebody. And you're going to be the one that's going to be on target with making sure you're in alignment with what people truly want from other people, which is people that sincerely show interest in them. You might feel like you're faking it when you start doing this. And you are because you're learning. I mean, when you're learning how to skate or, you know, swing a kettlebell, you're faking it. But once you start to get the reaction from other people really appreciating the fact that you're showing what will become sincere interest in them, your life is going to change. And you may have been a huge closeted, you know, huge, you know, introvert type. But when you start seeing that you can have a positive influence on people's lives because you're just showing sincere interest in them, which you always had, you just didn't know how to express it. 
And the same goes true on the other side. If you're super expressive, when you start realizing that you can have more meaningful conversations and impact on people's lives, when you stop talking about yourself constantly, I mean, this is the power of really good high-level coaching and training is what we provide in the Premier Coaching Program. And point number seven, if you are not knowing oh, – what? Point number 10. Oh, so yeah. Point number 10, if you didn't know where we were going, join coaching – you know, so you're not doing this alone. Ask questions, get help, move faster. There's no sense, and, and there's really, it doesn't even, you know, mentally it makes no sense to try to recreate the wheel. If you find yourself listening to this podcast, and then you're going to hop on somebody's video or listen to somebody's podcast where they're going to tell you how to optimize a YouTube video, I want you to ask yourself why you're doing that. It's because you can hide behind a screen. It's so that you can then basically try to make it so that success has to become some overly analytical Rubik's Cube because you have yet to figure out that the highest and truest purpose of you on this planet is being of service to other people. And the simplest path for you to getting to that point is essentially being a professional salesperson. You are a salesperson. Whether you want to admit it or not, that is what you are. So be your best version of yourself as a salesperson. And that's somebody who's skilled. That's somebody who asks questions. That's somebody who answers. A salesperson is a problem solver. That's what you have to become. And you will move past all of these things that are holding you back once you realize what a blessing it is to be a salesperson in a real estate market like this because there's so many people out there that need your help. And frankly, from a competitive perspective, there's so many agents that have never learned how to actually be of service to other people at a high level because they've been essentially you know, led to believe that you make enough TikTok and YouTube videos, the world's going to come beating a path to your door. Uh, and you now are listening to us and you're realizing, yes, I got in this business because I wanted to feel like I was being of service to other people. Guys, remember, every human, every man or woman needs three things in life to have a really purposeful life. They need someone or some, you know, more than a family, say, for example, or someone to love. They need something to look forward to, and they need something to do every single day that gives them a sense of purpose. That is what we're trying to gear you guys towards doing, is understanding that, that all those emotional fulfillment things come on the other side of basically being able to help people. The way to help people is not talking about your lunch or you know showing pictures of yourself. The way to help people is knowing how to have conversations with them that solve their problems. Isn't that ultimate in alignment with what your highest and truest purpose on this planet is? Absolutely. So take action now. You know what you want to do. You want to join our coaching so we can help you faster. One of the things that I love the most about our Facebook Live, uh, things that happen every day, those sessions, is how absolutely positive and enthusiastic the people going to those are. You talk about the top of the podcast, get away from negative media, right? Never comes up on Facebook Live. Not even It's not even remotely a topic because they're talking about you know, a lot of times they'll come and say, you're not going to believe what happened. I made three calls to for sale by owners. No, I totally believe that, that, you know, that's a real thing because two of them already listed yesterday and I got the third appointment. And then the coach will ask them to say, you know, how did that happen? Walk us through that. What script did you use? How did you close them? And then all of the other listeners are going to be, huh, that really does work. And then they go do it. And it spirals up into a very positive sessions, victories, challenges. This is what the coaches do. All day, every day, guys. That's what Premier Coaching is about. We are attracting and we always have attracted people that have a powerful, positive mindset that's focused on being of service to other people. And the mindset comes after the skill set. I promise you that's the answer. A lot of other people are going to have you lead you to believe and you go to the bookstore, go to Barnes & Noble. You know, go buy Harris Rules at Barnes & Noble. It's there. And you go to the, you know, it's usually on the op, the other side of the bookshelf from where our book is. And look at all the books on mindset. Look at all the books that are in that whole mindset section. I bet you every year there's 500 books that are published every year on mindset. At least. I bet you there's 
Hundreds, I know there's hundreds of, I bet you billions of dollars that are spent every year on people who are getting ready to get started. The way you want to improve your mindset is to get into action. Say, yes, that is correct, Tim. I want to help other people. I want to feel of use. I want to have something to look forward to. I want to know that what I say and how I say it's going to help that other person. Ultimately, all the things I want in life are on the other side of that. That comes from a skill set. Are you going to get that knowing how to optimize a YouTube video? No. Come on, guys. This is your market if you want it to be. Join the people that are going to be part of the next market, not the people that are going to wonder what happened when the market shifted, which is inevitable, especially with inflation. You guys need us for anything. If you have any suggestions on show topics, the easiest ways to get a hold of us is go over to Instagram. And I posted some hilarious videos today yes. <laughs> of Julie swinging a 53-pound kettlebell. Wow. And she didn't know it, but I was videotaping her facial expressions in the mirror. So you <laughs> guys will get it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But you guys will be, get a good, uh, big kick out of that. We are uh, doing as we promised we would do, and we're holding ourselves accountable doing this kettlebell hell every day. Um, and we're hopefully, hopefully encouraging some of you too to pick up uh, exercise as a daily routine because it is really, you know, obviously you're you got nothing if you don't have your health. Um, so in the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, it's either message us on Instagram or you can text me directly at 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.